Today we're going to talk about enterprise asset management and integrated workplace management solutions in Pakistan. I'm joined by Shams Ladik, CEO of SysTech International, and Faisal Ladik, who is an advisor on technology modernization. Okay, so gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we, you know, we're here to talk about uh, Pakistan enterprise asset management and integrated workplace management solutions uh, in the country. And let's start by talking a little bit about the nation. I think people know the name of Pakistan about anywhere in the world, but they probably know very little uh, of the country outside of news. So can you tell me more about the nation? You know, it's people, geography, the regions, what makes Pakistan special and different? Faisal, would you start? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Tracy, for uh, giving us a chance to um, come here and talk about uh, uh, Pakistan and the other uh, offerings that we have. Um, as far as Pakistan is concerned, uh, it's, uh, first of all, the geography itself, where it's located with, uh, on, in the Arabian Ocean area in, the, uh, in uh, Asia, South Asia, and uh, one of the uh, strongest uh, upcoming economies, um, uh, uh, in that region, uh, we have uh, a youth which is like um, one of the largest uh, percentage of the population out there. And uh, as far as technology is concerned, a lot of investment is uh, uh, is uh, encouraged and also supported by the government right now. Uh, in fact, one of the um, uh, companies that I'm in, uh, sitting on the board, uh, we decided to do um, uh, build a gaming platform with a company which is already working for Apple out there. So there's a lot of talent out there in the technology and a lot of push from the government. And I think uh, a lot of good stuff is coming up in the pipeline. Yeah. Shams, what else? Let me, have, let me, yeah, let me, have, let me say something again. Of course, that would be in addition to what, what Pesel only said. Uh, uh, besides uh, not just the IT uh, area, but of course, uh, uh, lately, I've been working with some textile industry in the textile manufacturers and uh, all of the hundred, but there are so many textile manufacturers whose uh, hundred percent uh, uh, items are exported and they go to, for example, I was working with a, with a company who, who manufactures socks, different type of socks. And they, they say they are the largest manufacturer of socks in the world, not just in Pakistan, Asia, the largest manufacturer. And they uh, say, uh, give their, they supply their software to big names like Nike and uh, Puma and many, so many others. Same goes for the sports, goods, et cetera. Footballs uh, uh, and other uh, rackets and balls, et cetera. There's a country, there's a city called Sialkot, and they they manufacture all sports goods. So again, 100% export, and all big names they supply to. Uh, come back to uh, the other area, which Faisal said that uh, geo geopolitical location of uh, Pakistan is also very excellent because uh, you know the shipping trade route from the Gulf area and towards the uh, Far East area they pass through. Uh, the, the, uh, this Pakistan and Karachi and Gawadar are the main ports that pass through them and uh, fueling and bunkering etc are, are still uh, they do go on so geopolitical location is also excellent 
and you probably heard about the silk uh, this um, uh, road and belt in initiative of uh, china so only because of the geopolitical location of of uh, uh, pakistan this is happening so they are uh, uh, they are building up roads to connect china and to other uh, central asian countries uh, via karachi and via uh, there's there another port near which is called at port kasim so via these two ports the uh, uh, trade would be uh, going on so that is regarding the uh, because of the location of uh, geographical location of Pakistan. Yeah, and you know I've been to Pakistan multiple times when I worked for IBM, and yeah, and there's such a diversity of 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 uh, people and geography. And the one thing I did find was very well educated workforce. There's a lot of good educated, hardworking people, and and. Uh, yes. Even inside the U.S., you know, we often reach out for offshore people in Pakistan. Yeah. I think you have quite a, a very talented and young workforce. And yes, and uh, I, I always personally have enjoyed a lot uh, with mm. the work I've done with uh, my Pakistani mm. colleagues. Yes. Yeah. So if I may talk... add uh, yeah, a couple of things, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Tracy. Sure. Um, there were uh, recently, I mean, just to share some information about how innovative people have been and there are some opportunities out there, is that one of the largest uh, suppliers of graphic design uh, on the Upwork is from uh, Pakistan. Uh, that's one of the largest you know, freelancing uh, companies out there. Uh, freelancing platform, I should say, Upwork. Also, uh, uh, Daraz is a local, uh, was a local, I should say, was a local e-commerce company. It is now, uh, you know, taken over by Amazon. And one of the other companies for transport, Kareem, is also taken over by Uber. So, you know, these uh, innovative people are coming up with the design, providing the platform and the services, and they are actually uh, getting the attention from these large, larger companies, which are, are based out of the U.S. That's good to know. That's really interesting information. You know, I, I think uh, Shamju and I have talked a lot about enterprise asset management, mm -hmm. EAM, yeah. as it's known. Um, yes. And there's been some, you know, uh, there's there's some EAM customers and uh, users inside of Pakistan, but it seems like that market is still developing. Yeah. Um, you know, what does that market look like now and, and where does it need to go in the future? Uh, Tracy, um... Uh, let me give you a blunt statement that may, um, as far as maintenance management systems is concerned, they, uh, every, every company, every uh, manufacturing concerns, powerhouses, uh, uh, facilities, companies like hotels, hospitals, uh, uh, banks, etc., everyone needs a maintenance management system. But when we were selling uh, Maximo, you know, Maximo is price heavy as well. So that is that was the reason only because uh, it was not selling very fast. So in fact, as you as you mentioned earlier in this conversation, that I've been doing that. Then I looked around and I saw that the basic maintenance management facility uh, features functionalities are available in much less cost-effective solutions as well. So this is has been although uh, COVID has been giving a lot of breaks for my activities. Never still then I can see that. Um, uh, half the price of Maximo or one maybe one, uh, one third of the price of Maximo, people are accepting it in, in this country. And that is, the, uh, that is the price has only been the reason 
of not um, grasping the whole market of this thing. People do not use the word EAM though. They do not understand very well and we, we have to make them understand. And you know that we have done a lot of several seminars together uh, in this uh, to, to create awareness. So, but as if you use the word maintenance management, so everybody understands it and every, because in the last 20 years or so, in the uh, engineering universities, maintenance management system has been a subject. And then there are, uh, 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 should I say, people with good knowledge of maintenance management are uh, delivering uh, as an external faculty to these universities, to engineering universities, uh, these subjects. So the new younger generation who's coming out of the universities or engineering universities now, they do have very good knowledge about maintenance management systems and they are adapting to it. They are asking me now for maintenance management systems. It's like 20 years now that I've been doing this in Pakistan. I've got, I've got around 60, 65 customers now, which is an encouraging figure, in fact, for me. And I can see movement now and I can see awareness now in the in the. Uh, younger engineering generation of our country, that this uh, awareness is there. It is picking up now and picking up very fast. That's good to know. So if you were talking, you know, when, when in Pakistan, if you're talking to somebody about EAM or, or maintenance management, yeah. um, what are the benefits that you're talking to them about in terms of, of being in Pakistan? Because I, I think there's still, I, I agree with you, the younger generation is more into a lot of these topics, but yeah. your decision makers are still, yeah. uh, as we would say in the States, a lot of them are still old school. You know, yeah. they're not, not yeah. quite uh, up on the technology yeah. of the younger generation. So what are some of the benefits that yeah. asset management or, or maintenance management brings? Yeah, the, <clears throat> should I say, if, if there are five benefits out of maintenance management, the 90% that I speak about and, I, and it very much hits there, it gets the attraction, is reduction of breakdowns, particularly in the manufacturing uh, manufacturing concerns. Yes, downtime is a is an is of utmost concern, and then uh, even in the hospitals, etc. The largest hospital of Pakistan. I have done an implementation over there, and people, you know, with hospitals, patients and their and their and their relatives are not sometimes happy and sometimes not. But as if they go in this this particular hospital called the Khan University Hospital. They always come out with a pleasant experience as regards maintenance of infrastructure and facilities and plumbing and uh, maintenance, etc. Electrical things, etc. So they are always happy about that. And I always feel proud that I implemented uh, this maintenance management system, which is in fact acting as a backbone of uh, whole of the uh, excellent maintenance that uh, uh, that this uh, hospital uh, takes care of. So even I remember that there are around seventy thousand equipment which are which is which is on on preventive maintenance and that includes not only the wash basin and the, the roads and uh, sidewalk but it also includes the landscaping. Every tree has got a number and uh, every uh, every tree is scheduled for preventive maintenance. So this kind this level of preventive maintenance is definitely way far ahead to go for other companies. But at least there is an awareness that yes. So the number one benefit that I speak about is reduction of breakdowns. Number two, of course, reliability of equipment, increasing the life of uh, assets. And then it comes on to the MRO parts, the spare parts. And this, uh, the consumption would be less and there would be no stockouts. 
buildup of uh, inventory would be again uh, would uh, is coming down. So things like that are the so as you said to it, <clears throat> surely it is a bit difficult to uh, make the to convince the or uh, the older generation or the seniors executives who are the decision makers. But jointly this effort comes along. No? So yes, they do. Uh, they do understand uh, when I speak about these benefits. No? So, so well, I, I think Chums, one of the one of the things you have too is a overall cultural business change in a lot of areas of the world. You know, it's there's been a a past view of we're going to build a building and we're going to have things like um, HVAC and stuff on yeah. this building and. Yeah. It, we use this building until things break and we replace the building or maybe just replace the asset. But yeah. now that mentality is coming around to being more about uh, extending the life cycle of things instead of, instead of spending money to, to do something. And then five years, 10 years later, do it again. You yeah. take something you had a potentially would have had for five years and you yeah. do proper maintenance on it and improvements on it so that it lasts you 10 yeah. Uh, and I, I think that mentality change is out there. And, you know, we're yes. seeing that in Pakistan as well. Yes. But a word of caution here that uh, uh, this may not be very true in the, the government sector of Pakistan, because, again, they are still not uh, with the frame of mind that they are building so many things. They are building powerhouses and buildings and roads, infrastructure, etc. But still there is lack of uh, lack of uh, awareness of the this thing, no? Uh, maintenance management system to maintaining them. Let let alone uh, a software. Maintaining them is is again uh, uh, a concept they have to uh, they have to be educated on. And of course, when they get the maintenance perspective or the, the frame of mind, then of course they can they would realize the importance of a maintenance management system. So in the government sector, this is not true. But however, there are so many multinational companies over here like Procter and Gamble and Unilever and uh, Exxon Chemicals and British Petroleum, etc. They are using one uh, or the other maintenance management system, uh, whether they are either it is Oracle or SAP maintenance management, etc. But they are using these systems over here, but not in the in the in the uh, industry of the, of the government areas. No? But it's not that, that may not be true. I do intend to work on this uh, this particular subject, create awareness within the government organizations. Well, I know you and I met with uh, the Port Authority in, in Karachi once to talk a little yeah. bit about more an IWMS type solution. So, mm. uh, you know, let's let's switch over to IWMS, Integrated Workplace yeah. Management Solutions. It's a, yeah. a broader topic than enterprise asset management where you, you're yes. talking about uh, development of property and how you how you plan your facilities out, how you manage your space. There's yeah. an environmental sustainability component. There's can be a maintenance component, uh, capital projects, how you build a building or how you maintain it or renovate buildings. There's a yeah. massive area out there. Mm. And that has not seemed to have taken hold as well in mm. the um, over in the, the in Pakistan yet. And I, I know one of the drivers there is a lot of those solutions are really costly. But, mm. but what is your take on the IWMS market in Pakistan right now? Yeah, two things. Uh, first of all, the, the the name IWMS as a separate breed of software is not very well known over there. They do talk about facilities management or they do talk about real estate and then again, environmental solutions, etc. 
but nobody is familiar with the word IWMS, Integrated Workplace Management System. So again, uh, there, there need to be created and create an awareness. But all in all, the price of Tririga has been a real deterrent because I do not take step one only because I know that all my effort is, are going to go down the drain. When, the, when technically I convince a company to uh, go for such as that they need this kind of a solution and they are uh, 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 they they opt for it, and when the price stage comes towards the end of the deal, then the price is very very heavy. So you probably know already that there has been a lot of successes in the Middle East area also, which who are better uh, better what should I say? Uh, they can afford uh, a heavier solution also. But uh, even I have tried uh, two, two or three uh, opportunities there in the Dubai area. But big companies are also not uh, very, uh, they are not able to afford this kind of pricing. No? So that the, the price has been the main deterrent in, or in, in this, thing, uh, uh, this thing. I don't know if you, if you know a competitive or product called Cartegraph. This, this is also a US-based company, Cartegraph. So I saw that. Uh, I know uh, the functionality may be one, one is to five as compared to uh, Tririga. But maybe I've just seen that. I, do, I don't know. I've not promoted it as yet in this thing. Maybe. So, so I think price is has been a concern. But lately, we have, uh, I heard about two months back, I heard that now uh, IBM is getting more aggressive on the pricing, on the discounting of uh, Tririga. So just to give you an idea, you know, we were talking with Mizan Bank. I have not exposed the pricing as yet to the Mizan Bank stakeholders. But uh, they gave me a discount from 130. I, I'm not mentioning the BOQ as yet. 135,000 down to 50,000 dollars. So this right. was this is more than 50 percent. So yes, it proves that uh, IBM now realizes that pr price has been a, a deterrent, and maybe they would be they would if they go give you know, uh, give good prices, then of course this can this can sell. You remember Tracy? Then when we did with Mizan Bank. So, uh, to, uh, of course, we did not talk about the pricing, but they thought the, the, the features and functionalities are extensive. After that, when I had a, uh, another session with them on the, uh, the follow-up, I, I managed to convince them that two things, that uh, first of all, these people who are in fact uh, managers from the innovation department, they are the influencing their department. They were not the uh, decision-making person. So I told them that you guys are not going to use the lease management module of Tririga. Bring the lease management guy over, uh, stakeholders to us. And then they, when they will see, they will appreciate the, uh, the, the depth of uh, the solution. So that, that uh, they, they were convinced, quite convinced on that. So when uh, technically they go, go for it, price should not become a deterrent for this thing. Otherwise, though the uh, the collection of all those modules, six pillars, as you say, or maybe five pillars now, so uh, they do not uh, recognize it as an IWMS solution, but separately, yes, separately they would like it. Because for example, Mizan Bank has asked me for a project a capital project module and why they, they are insisting on it. Because I, I told them to start with the maintenance management only, but they insisted, no, we want the capital projects also because bank branches are always getting constructed. New branches are coming up and then they do not have any control over that. So uh, before a couple of years before COVID also, I got some feed, similar feedback from other banks also. Branches are being uh, developed, coming up, but there is no, neither 
physical control or nor uh, monetary control, cost-wise control over there. So they do need these kind of solutions as well. Well, I think, you know, from my work with you and in, in Pakistan in the past, we've seen uh, the financial sector banks in particular as, as big candidates for what we call IWMS uh, because of a lot of the reasons you just said. And, and I'm glad to hear you're seeing IBM now with the realization that you can't go in with pricing in Pakistan at the level you yeah. can in, in North America or Europe. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that's good. That's a game changer for uh, IBM there because it opens a lot of doors up and it opens yeah. uh, further discussions with some of the more cost sensitive sectors as well, because even in manufacturing, mm -hmm. a lot of those people work on fairly low margins and they need tools like an, an EAM or a good maintenance system, uh, even IWMS but yeah. they have limited budgets to implement. So, so it's good that uh, I think you're seeing a, an awareness, number one, that Pakistan is a good market overall, yes. uh, but there's going to have to be some pricing concessions in order to make it realistic yes. for people. I, that's kind of yes. my impression. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, they should consider the buying power of the... Uh, maybe initially they, they should keep low and down the line, maybe after three years, four years, they can gradually increase it to if they call it a standard pricing that's that's my my suggestion um faisal don't hesitate to interrupt if you have comments to make i think shams and i have been kind of uh, uh monopolizing the conversation so far uh, but yeah, you guys are expert in em so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I i'm curious what are, you know, in Pakistan, you have obviously a different culture in some ways. And even within Pakistan, I learned myself from being there, it, mm -hmm. my region, you know, there's Karachi is a different world from Islamabad, for instance. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, and culturally, you have differences, things that, that might be success criteria or how you yeah. approach an implementation. So my question to you would be, if I'm implementing enterprise asset management, maintenance management, integrated workplace management. What are keys to being successful in uh, a Pakistani company? Pass it over to you. Uh, yes, I think uh, although we have um, uh, done the uh, initial groundwork to create the awareness uh, of uh, the sophisticated tools, like relatively sophisticated tools out there, but I think um, uh, some uh, investment has to be done in terms of uh, educating the people who are at the top, as you mentioned, you know, the young, young crowd is much more aware of uh, these technologies and they're making good use of it. But I think at the top, there has to be certain, uh, uh, I would say, C-level seminars that would, um, C-level seminars include, with, including the, the, you know, the younger uh, people in the company together on the one platform so that they are able to understand what is the uh, uh, how these tools can be beneficial and what business value you can achieve over a period of time. So I think that if that communication goes out clearly, I think we'll get a lot of buy-in from the stakeholders. Definitely, that would be the first uh, out there. Okay. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the future of Pakistan, the business future of Pakistan. I think personally, you know, I haven't been over for a few years now, but I've from an, even from the outside, see a more aggressive business climate. Um, I see a lot of, of uh, 
companies that want to do business in Pakistan now, I think it seems like it's a growing market, not only internally, but from an external point of view. So what does the future hold, guys? Uh, you know, Pakistan in the next five to 10 years, where are we going? Um, let me take a stab at this one. Uh, if you are not, uh, I think I just want to make sure that uh, people are aware, your audience is aware of uh, the uh, collaboration that is happening between China, Pakistan, and I think it's called CPEC, C-P-E-C, mm-hmm. uh, um, and that they are c- connecting the Western China uh, to Arabian Ocean. And the only country between Western China and Arabian Ocean is Pakistan. So they have c- created a l- huge, uh, large highways uh, connecting China through to Arabian Ocean. At the same time, at the ocean itself, uh, we have created a port called Gawadar which is a much, much deeper port out there. So very, very large uh, ships can uh, come into that uh, area. Uh, I don't know the real terminology about the shipping. Sean's probably know more about shipping than I do. No problem. So, uh, and, and it's like even deeper than what Dubai port has to offer, which is right across Arabian Ocean, right? So I think uh, what a, a new entrant into this market should look at what China has to offer in this domain and try to have collaboration with the companies uh, that are operating uh, from China in this region, which is like the western part of Pakistan, uh, especially Balochistan area. I think we should look at those companies, try to collaborate with them. And uh, because they are the ones actually doing the work, eventually they are the ones who are hiring people from the local market. Uh, So uh, anything related to infrastructure, engineering, I'm sure that China will be a big player in the market and we should join hands through local vendors or whatever the case may be with the companies which are operating in China. I think that's, if you ask five to 10 years, this is exactly, I think, where I would uh, invest into. Yeah, Shams. and uh, I, would, I, would, I would look at it from a different angle that uh, uh, innovation or uh, I don't know exactly what word to use, the things are becoming more innovative and business is being uh, supported by the new government. Uh, maybe I should not call, call it new, the Imran Khan government. They are quite uh, supportive towards the uh, this thing, no? Uh, uh, bringing in business, bringing innovation, bringing automation, bringing com- computerization in the um, uh, uh, supporting uh, the uh, all all kind of businesses. This is very much there, and then making uh, which you call ease of doing business that they are trying to uh, minimize the formalities and the bureaucratic environment which used to be because when pakistan started about 70 years ago then it was kind of a british uh, uh, they, they separated from the british rule and then there was a lot of uh, this kind of a bureaucratic environment red tapeism and everything but uh, and that gradually improved but not to the speed that it is improving now so uh, there are there are so many platforms available now where a common person, common businessman, small and medium business uh, people can uh, approach the uh, uh, complaint. Should I say complaining authorities or some authorities or some watchdog kind of comp- uh, uh, departments of government where uh, we can uh, now uh, <clears throat> approach and tell them that these are the hurdles that we are facing doing businesses. So there are. Uh, so making business, doing business here in Pakistan is become easier and easier day by day. Though there are there, there is a long way to go. 
but things are improving the frame of mind of the new government is also quite different from the previous ones uh, they, these are the, this 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 government headed by imran khan imran khan is not a businessman so he therefore he is not looking into his own interest also although he's got advisors and so many and advisors are also coming from the same business community who are who are who have got big names in pakistani business then that is why i uh, we i again i as a small businessman otherwise i've been hearing from uh, others also that sme sector is being uh, supported a lot and then this uh, hurdles and formalities also becoming lesser and lesser by the day and things are improving doing doing business here in pakistan so this, this is this is this i can foresee that things as the business grows so will be our our kind of solution which are supportive with people supporting the businesses yes please that, that's fantastic to hear actually because i you know to, to hear that they're making it easier to do business in pakistan yes. is certainly important yes. and and yes. they're making it easier for outside companies to come in and do things i think that's yes. all very important yes um, that is correct well, I have one more question for you and the important one. Um, the food in Pakistan. Now, Shams, as you know, I love the restaurant Kalachi in Karachi. <laughs> and uh, my, my favorite restaurant in Pakistan. But I'm here, I've heard from multiple people uh -huh. that the food capital of Pakistan is Lahore. Yes, that is correct. So now, now tell me about this because I'm kind of disappointed you didn't take me up there if there's all this good food. <laughs> uh, but uh, we didn't get an opportunity to go over there. In fact, I remember just a few months ago when Tim Ricketts was there in Islam uh, in 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 uh, in IBM. He has now uh, left IBM and joined in for EM. So he was saying the same thing. You, Chumps, you never take, took me to Lahore. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. What was the reason? Was it food or not? You you know the guy very well, uh, Tim Rikish. He is again a, again a food lover. So yes, it is there. But you can say Karachi is also not very, yeah, lagging not very far, far behind. They, they are, we've got so many good eatery, eateries, etc. So, but we we all are definitely concerned about the hygienicity and everything. So we we take special care to go to the uh, cleaner, uh, should I say, joints. There is no regulation of, uh, I mean, there's no enforcement of any regulations of the hygienic conditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, but Tracy him. is very bold. I think you can take him anytime <laughs> out there. <laughs> and Tracy, you have you have my rain check on that. Whenever you are in Pakistan, we we'll take you to Lahore. And last time I was in Pakistan, I was riding around on top of the buses with the locals in Karachi. So I know about that. Know, I, I had a great yeah. time. I, I met so many people between, um, you know, the, the little bit of, of Arabic in particular that I know with Urdu being close, you know, and yeah. most of them didn't speak English. But I had a great time with the locals. And my biggest problem with that is I couldn't get hardly away. Everybody wanted to have their picture taken with me. And <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And um, I, I said, I wish I'd I had a GoPro when I would climb up on yeah. top of a bus and the mouths, everybody's mouth just dropped open like, what the heck? So it was great. <laughs> Looking forward to visiting again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a big big risk at that time because things have gone uh, uh, better now security wise. But at that time it, it was not very. But so you also uh, I'm bringing this experience of yours uh, again towards our business angle 
look at the people actually down there. Huh? So uh, maybe there is a lot of bad impression spreading around the uh, whole of the world uh, about Pakistan, terrorism and etc. Although uh, diminished now. But look at those people, that uh, ground people, the, the normal generation, the normal people doing normal uh, workforce, workforce, should I say. They, they, they are very, very... Uh, uh, what well, I don't know the word innovative, progressive, innovative, progressive. progressive. <laughs> no, welcoming, welcoming to yeah, the yeah. foreigners. Even, even there is a there is always a tension between India and Pakistan. Even when Indians come, they are also talking very good about uh, the Pakistani people, the the normal people that I'm uh, talking about. You know, to your, to your point, uh, yeah. Pakistan, like other, many other countries too, often makes the Western media just for the things that are, are newsworthy in their view, that there are things that yeah. are negative and things that create yeah. excitement, right? Yeah. Uh, but as somebody who has been there multiple times, uh, I yes. found that Pakistan is very warm, warm and, and I yes. really have yeah. had nothing but a positive experience. And, and I even, if you remember, Shams, we met with a company that distributed office products and they gave me this fantastic box of markers and, and office yeah. supplies. Dollar, uh, mm, I've never forgotten that. It was one of the nicest things that have happened to me traveling. It was such a thoughtful uh, gesture on their part. And it was just, that, yes. but that's, that's what I've seen in Pakistan. So yes, I, I think that Actually, perception of other countries sometimes is wrong. Mm, this is the real, real face of Pakistan. The people on the ground are absolutely not concerned about Sunni and Shia and uh, Christian and Hindus or nobody. Everyone is, is is jailed within themselves and they are working hand in hand together. So this yeah. is the real, real, real Pakistan, which you have so seen it so closely by yourself. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time today. Um, I look forward to talking to you some more. I think we should do um, another podcast, maybe talking specifically about particular solutions or something. Uh, we'll do some follow-ups, but but thank you for the time that you gave me this morning, and um, we'll definitely be following up. Yeah, I would also like to uh, thank Faisal also, like, because we we uh, I asked him in a, on a very short notice, and he uh, agreed because this is this is again your you both of you guys are personal times, and you must be having so many home cores to be taken care of. Thank you very much, both of you. No, Thanks, thank man. you very much, Rishi. This is a good start. Appreciate thank this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, boss. Thank you.